Hello, and thank you for joining me again today for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks, the podcast for women, about women, sharing their stories and their journeys, and the beauty of living life as a woman. Today joining me is Clarissa, and this one I am so excited to share with all of you. I found her on TikTok first. She's told me that she's new on TikTok, but that's where I found her. You can find her on TikTok. You can find her on Instagram and YouTube, and I'll put all of the contact information in the show notes so that you can go up and check her out. This is one I'm really excited to have. Clarissa, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today and making all of this work and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be be here. So how I found you was uh, one of your TikToks showed up on my For You page and you were talking about delivering a load because everyone, you should know that this woman is a truck driver. <laughs> First off, tell me how tall you are. I am 5'7". Okay. And, and how, big, how big is the rig that you drive? Uh, I'm 5'7", and the rig I drive is a 53-foot trailer. So that's not counting the, the rig. That's... <laughs> That, so that's just that's just the, the trailer that you haul is a 53 foot, right? Yep. That's just the trailer. Yep. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, this is what I saw when I saw her. She has her hair done, her lashes, her makeup, her, and she's got nail. I don't know how she drives with the nails that she's got. And she, and a pink fur seat cover, and it just melted my heart because I love pink. <laughs> so. I listened, I saw, saw a couple of her TikToks, found her on Instagram and quickly sent her a DM and said, please be on my podcast. And she agreed. And we put it together in a couple of days. Tell me how you ended up as a truck driver. At first, when I first started my career, I, when I had my kids, I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to, how am I going to make money that is going to take care of the kids, help with my husband and so much more. So I went and got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice and I started working in it and it really wasn't no money in it. Like it, uh, I started working in the prison. It really wasn't no money in the prison system. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I said, I got to find out something else I can do to really help with this income to get my life started where I need to be. So I started working in the school system, sub teaching, then teaching. I started once I was teaching during the day, I was driving the school bus in the afternoons, driving the soccer team. And I, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, I like driving this big thing. Like I can handle this. It really wasn't no, it really wasn't no money in it. I came home one day because I was driving a school bus and working in the school system for five years. And I came home one day after work and I said, I told my husband, I looked at him and I said, so you went to school for four weeks and the only thing you do is drive a doggone truck and you make over 55 a year. And I went to school for four years and then <laughs> I'm barely pushing 30. Like, <laughs> I said, I'm in the wrong career. I, th <laughs> I, said, I think I'm in the wrong career. So he was like, what you mean? What are you talking about? I said, uh, I think that I want to go to school to get my CDL. He was like, oh, no, I don't know about that. He was like, I don't know about that. Um, let's think about that. I said, really? I think I need to go to school to get my CDLs. And I was like, let's try it. So I end up saying, I think I can go all in. So I quit teaching. I started, I got a scholarship for a CDL training course down here where I live at. I was ranked top three in the class and I got my CDLs and I started my journey from that day. I started my, I got my CDL on June 14th. And that was actually our wedding anniversary day. And my life has changed ever since that day. And how long have you been doing this? Now I've been driving 18 wheelers for three years. Yep. Three years this month. Now, let me, let me back up and ask you another question. How did you end up in criminal justice? What, what drove you in that direction in your college? I've always, always been a motivational person, a public speaker. I've always been uplifting, encouragement. And then I always used to go through when I was younger, I was, my mama was being madly abused by my father. I always wanted, it was a, it was a love for me to study. Like, why are you this way? 
It wasn't no like, oh, you're crazy or you're a psycho. It was a, it's why are you this way? Why are you abusive? Why are you, uh, why do you keep getting incarcerated over petty stuff? What, and why are you a reoffender to a lot of things? And when they got a divorce, it kind of, I turned into like a mean, like kind of mad. Cause I didn't understand why they got a divorce or why he was so mean. I was How old so were you? When I first witnessed a lot of the abuse was at when I was three. So I can still remember everything from now and I'm 33. So that's what made me kind of want to get into criminal justice for I can get into the mind of why someone do what they do and see how I can help reconvert their mind to join society or be a good citizen or provide customer service or clear mind of let's get you counseling. Let's get you help. So that's really why I got into criminal justice. And so you like to serve other people. I love it. I do. And and look, I end up serving with a 53 foot trailer. Dog food <laughs> and uh, <laughs> goods during the quarantine. Like I'm always serving. <laughs> now, and, and your husband is a truck driver still as well. So you guys are yes. both driving rigs. Okay. Yes. Now he drives locally mm-hmm. and I drive over the road because we look at it like this. We are raising young men. I know I can be a mama over the road and handle them in 2.5 seconds. And I know I can be a mama at home. So I rather for my kids to have more of that father figure at home and I can manage them. I can do it any if I'm at home or over the road, but I rather them have that father figure at home. So that's what, and it works perfectly. It's been going on for three years now and our boys are phenomenal boys. Like, so how many, how many boys do you have? I got two boys. One of them is 14. I think he, yeah, four. <laughs> you know, I'm a mom. I forgot all these. I just raised him. That's all I do. Um, my oldest is 14, I believe. Yeah, I think he's 14. Yeah, 14. And my youngest is nine. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this, because I so intrigued by what you said about making the decision about your husband driving local and you driving longer hauls and that it was so important for you that they have a father figure. And is that because you feel that they need that extra piece from having that daily influence from their father? So that they grow up to be good men. I'm assuming because you want them to grow up to be good men. Exactly. I wanted them to, because I was raised in a single parent household and I know how it feel. And and now my father still is kind of not in my life. So I know how it feel. And I'm a firm believer in stopping the cycle of society, like stopping that negative cycle of this is what, what you should be. This is how you should think. And I'm stopping the cycle with my generation. My generation will be raised in a two-parent household. They will be raised by a powerful black man that's going to teach them how to provide for their family with or without a woman on site. And be able to nurture them and and then when you be able to have a mother that's in the household too it's just it's just um stopping the cycle of the the generational curse so i really feel like i just want to give my kids a life i didn't have so i'm living within my kids and and i love every moment of it girl i love it like when I'm on the road and they get to cutting up, I can get them in check in 2.5 seconds over that phone. Oh, you know what? I have no doubt that you rule, <laughs> rule the house, boy. You are a powerhouse. I mean, yeah. just seeing some of your, your videos, I was like, you know what? This is a woman and a mom that no kid is going to not toe the line because she <laughs> will snap you back so quick. Your head will snap yes. you won't even realize <laughs> you, just want, you want your kids to be great you want them to be and you they're not going to be perfect but you want them to understand be a good person be a human to society for because one person can change the world so that's all i'm trying to do is teach mine okay so i'm gonna dive into something because we all know what's going on right now in okay the world. okay and because you're raising two males are there things that you have felt that you've had to teach them because of the color of their skin are you ready for me to answer that question yes i am i wouldn't have asked it if i wasn't (laughs) 
I have been, since my boys has been, I want to say one and two, I have taught my boys, it's not a color. You are, I'm not going to teach them nothing about a race. You are a male and you are to understand you treat people like you want to be treated, period. And I always taught them that the Lord will guide you wherever you need to go. But as long as you treat people with respect, you mind your business, you will go far. You'll be safe because if anything happens, it's going to happen. But I want you to know, you be kind to others. If others not kind to you, you pray for them. You don't bash them. You don't judge them. You don't try to cause them no harm because you reap what you sow. You will get it back. So I just teach my boys, always remember, be good. And that's what good going to come to you. As they grew up, I always kept them around anybody, like any any race. And I always teach them that if something is to happen, it's not them. It's not you. You're not doing that wrong. Hurt people hurt people. So I don't want you to think, oh, because my son, my oldest son has gotten called the N-word one time on the football team. And he was like, I don't understand it. And I said, well, you don't understand it because I haven't broken down to you different races. I'm not going to do that. I just want you to know that that person is not kind. That person is not a good person. And that person is harmed. So even with raising them now with everything's going on, I keep talking to them, telling them, don't feed into everything you see. Just believe that you got to look out for yourself and each other. And that's it. And because I'm, I'm curious, because you were involved in the criminal justice system. Yes. And you worked, you worked in the prison system at some point in time, right? Yes. So you've been around law enforcement officers. You've been around attorneys. You've been around judges. Everything. You've been around all of that. And what has your experience been with that, especially as a woman? My experience has been, I can honestly say, up and down. Even when I was in the, working in the justice system, I, in, the, in the prison, I would see inmates come in for drugs and they get 15 years and be a black guy. Yeah. And I would see a white male come in for child molestation and he get three to five. <sighs> and I see the difference. I see the difference. But this is the thing I look at. We know that is a difference, but what got you here? What got you here? If you never would have been doing this, it wouldn't have got you here. Or if you never would have been doing this, it wouldn't have got you here. So I just keep reinforcing as in, if you do right, you won't be stuck into some situations. Everything is not always a race issue, but it, you gotta just do right and be a good citizen period it's not everything is not a race issue and sometimes i really feel like people make things worse than what it is and they'll say well this person that, that's because i'm black no no because dylan even in when i was working in the prison some of the outside my race inmates would look out me look out for me before my own race would even dealing with communicating to them i would get more respect from outside my race than I would sometime within my race. So, and that's because they respected me as my brains, as my knowledge and as my, and as, and me as a woman, instead of me like, Oh, we, well, we just like, we good. No, we're not just alike. I went to school to study for four years and got this education. So you can't like <laughs> act like you can talk to me any kind of way. I, so it was a lot. It was, um, it was tough. It's hard as a, it's it's hard as a woman, an intelligent woman with an education, stepping into spaces where a lot of times, you know, it's always been about men. That's uh that's been the thing that I have bumped my forehead up against a brick wall for years is that, you know, that sometimes the prejudice is there because just because you're a woman. That I got that a lot and I'm and and you know what else I got? The prejudice is there not only because I'm a woman, because I'm a woman that has the appearance of the long weave, the long nails, and the talking with my neck. I do that. I do do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I am very much so educated. I ve I'm very much so motivated, encouraging, uplifting. So it, it puts a stereotype on me. 
but I always fight through it. I don't let nobody tell me I can't be who I am all because I have that appearance to be a loud mouth and head snapping. I do do that, but I get my dog on point across <laughs> when he be. And men don't like to listen to aggressive oh, women. Oh, no. But I didn't play. When I worked in that prison, I said, I don't care what color you is, what you in here for, or what you got going on. Either you're going to do what I got, if you're going to do what I say, or it's going to be a problem and misunderstanding furniture moving. I'm sorry. And yeah. I was that respect. Well, you know, and that's hard. I mean, like, you, you know, for me, I'm almost six foot tall and I have been a mouthy, blonde, broad, almost my entire life. And men don't like that, right? You know, and I have a college education. I'm good at what I do. I've worked in technology, which has been the boys club. And I worked back, I started back in the 80s. So, you know, I just turned 59 last month. Oh, why did I tell? <laughs> so I've been working in that arena for a long time. And, you know, I've come up against in certain, like I worked for an airline at one point in time, a startup airline, and worked a lot with that mentality that if you are a woman and you know your job and you tell them, you know, here's the way it can be and they don't like it and they don't like it when you stand up and tell them, no, you can't do that. That's not going to yeah. work. Men just do, like you said, they don't like a powerful woman or just the way your energy is. I mean, you, there's no way that anyone can miss you. When you probably, when you walk into a room and when you open your mouth and start to talk, you are this force of nature, right? I mean, that's a part of what drew you, drew me to you is that I feel there was like a little thing was like, oh, she's kind of like I am. It's just like, you just walk in and you're just who you are and that's the way it is, you know? Yeah. And so that's the thing that I, I, it's just so interesting to hear you talk about it because you've been in a lot of very male dominated situations in terms yes. of the the criminal justice system and all of that. So it's just interesting to me that, you know, you never let that stop you. You just kept being exactly who you were and believing in your knowledge, your experience, your capability, and people, yep. people just had to get on board or not. I mean, that's Absolutely. basically the, the gist of it, right? And in working around law enforcement and people that are in that field, how do you look at what's going on right now with the protests and the police and what's happening in certain areas with the, I mean, I feel like the police have sort of been their own worst enemies in some of these situations where they've done exactly what people are complaining about on camera and it's being reported all over the world. Yeah. Well, I feel that now, like I said, I put this, I think I put it on post somewhere. I said, now racism isn't getting worse it's just being filmed and racism is always going to be there and bad people are always going to be there but the thing is now it's getting to the point where us as black people just we're fed up of being kind of timid for our child to go anywhere because yeah. it's not it's not really the justice system it's really it's just bad people it's there's bad people everywhere but some of them is in blue some of them is in in a skirt some of them is, is in the church you i said this too you got people that commit crimes everywhere you got some pastors that are pedophiles you got some right. teachers that are child molesters so it's crime is everywhere but it just looks a little bit different when a person is in the criminal justice system so right. at the end of the day it's just I look at it like that's a bad person, uh, a no good somebody that had on the had on the cop suit. But our lives, black lives does matter. But we just tired of it taking it really. I don't really feel like they're just taking our lives. I just feel like it's just the media puts it out there only that they're taking our lives. They're taking everybody's life. It's just put it out there that, oh, it's only the black people lives that, that police officers are shooting. We should attack. No, all lives matter. But when it comes down to it, we are the main ones that's getting filmed and pushed out because it's been going on so long. It's, uh, Martha Luther King protested for 366 days. And now we got this protest going on, but 
I feel like it kind of went crazy when people started to ride. And like now it's like they're tired of being a peaceful protest. Now it's just like we're going to take over the world with no justice, no peace. With no, no peace is tearing up everything in sight. And now it's so full of rage and anger to the point that it's hard to gain control all because of crooked people bad people all because of one bad person or all because of people making wrong decisions so now it's just done take over the world as far as we're just so tired of us being scared and a lot of it instead of us being scared it's us not having a voice that, that people are listening to like we want everybody to listen just listen for once so i've I, even when it comes down to the looting, I, don't, I would never do no looting. I bet they ever catch my kids out there doing a the looting. But I see that frustration. It's like, I'm just I'm just so tired. We're just going to just do anything. Take out, I'm taking out my frustration out on breaking the window. I'm taking out my frustration out on uh, beating this cop car or or hitting, hitting the outside my race person. But that's not the right way to go. And everybody's not taught right, but... At the end of the day, I know for one thing, when it comes down to my boys, I know those are two that that going to know better. And they're going to know there's crooked people out here. And they're everywhere. It's not just in the police system. It's just the only yeah. thing different is the police system is getting put in, in on the media. Spotlight. Well, they're in the spotlight right now. Yep, right? they are. And, and Thank you so much for sharing your perspective because I'm looking at all of this happen and I had a experience at 13, uh, a police officer who was a friend of someone in our family. And the words that he used and his attitude that he had were very clearly that he was a racist, bigot, asshole. And he felt that he had impunity because he wore a badge and he carried a gun and he could do whatever the hell he wanted and he would be supported by the system behind him. And that scared the hell out of me. And at 13, I stood up to him to tell him that I felt that it was wrong for him to treat people differently because of the color of their skin, because of maybe what their life was, maybe they lived in poverty, whatever it was, you know, all of his hate speech that he spewed. And at 13, I didn't really have the language to, but I knew it was wrong. I mean, at a, on a guttural base level, it's the same thing that I discovered in some of the organized religion was just how much hypocrisy was in the system. And so I stood up to him and I told, you know, my family what happened and nothing really changed. And what that has done to, I am afraid, personally afraid of police because I believe that they, that and not all of them, but they have this, this power that they wield that feels very much like you don't have the power back to be able to fight back or to tell them that what they're doing is wrong because they can arrest you, they can trample over your rights, all of those things. And that has never gone away for me. I mean, literally a cop car drives by me and I like break out in a sweat while I'm driving. Oh, wow. So, you know, these, these are the things and, and all of my life from 13 on that has never changed because that particular instance scared me so bad to the stamp. And I know there are good policemen. I know there are good people in just like you, there are, there are bad people everywhere, right? I mean, there's not like it's, you know, the police or the clergy or anyone has any sort of a, that's the only place they are. It's yeah. everywhere, you know, everywhere. And, and, I, and, and that you say that it's just like, you know, I, and I get that, but boy, I just feel like there's, there's so much change that needs to happen. And at my age, I've seen, so, I mean, I lived through the seventies. I was born in the sixties, but I don't really know or remember much with Martin Luther King and, and all of that happening. But I mean, I was raised in a family that you, it just like you, it didn't matter what color your skin was, where you lived, how much money you make, what kind of car you drive, whatever it is that you are to be a good, kind person. Yep. And just let you treat others the way that you would like to be treated. Yep. Yep. And so it's, it's so hard for me to witness and see this. And I'm in a constant state of wanting to just shake everybody and go, wake the fuck up. 
and you, and, and you can't live in that constant state all the time. I mean, I know you know that just as much as I do. So how do you find that balance? Where, where do you, where do you find that balance in your life of, you know, here's where I am. And like you said, you're tired of people not listening. How do you find the balance in your life to not feel overwhelmed by everything that's going on? I mean, the pandemic and being locked in a hat, you know, and I, I'm assuming that you were still working while everybody else was on quarantine. Is that correct? Yes. And you know how I found, you know how I find the balance and I'm going to tell you, and I don't look at this to be a secret and I'm going to be so honest with you. I mind the business I have. I mind my business because this is what I do. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I wake up every day, the only people I live for is God, my husband, and my two kids and myself and my two dogs. Other than that, I don't live to, I cannot worry about this person, that person, and that person. And what I don't even watch the news like that because my main goal is to, I know I got to make it home. I know I want my kids to make it home. So therefore, I'm going to focus on teaching my kids, like I said, my two, everything I need for them to know to make it through a day. So that's if, even if it, when it comes down to law enforcement, when they get older, I'm going to teach my boys, you drive the speed limit, you mind your business, you don't do nothing you're supposed to do, don't have nothing in your car. If you get pulled over, make sure your hands can be seen, don't do no sudden. I'm going to teach them for my boys, not for nobody else or what they went through for my boys to make it home. And I and I always go through that. Even when it comes down to me driving in the truck. I was going to say, do you have any fear when you're out on the road at all? I do because uh, things have happened when I'm out on the road. But I don't uh, do a lot of communication. I don't do a lot of horseplay. I stay strictly, like straightforward. Like I'm like a zombie. Until I make job. Yeah. Yeah. I do my job. I don't get mixed in a lot of conversations. I don't even give eye contact unless somebody know me from social media or something. I hey, how you doing other than that? Because I gotta make it home. That's my main goal is to make it home. And and as a woman, sometimes, you know, man, I just, I feel like it's, it's this obstacle course sometimes that we have to go through in order to make it home. Right. It is. Um, so like, um, even one time I had pulled over at a rest area. Well, I'll give you two short stories. Pulled over the rest area and I parked just to get out, walk around the truck and wake myself up, you know, keep myself alive. And this white truck had pulled in behind me. And two boys jumped out. And I always kind of keep my blade on me. I was going to ask, are are you armed? Oh, well, um, you can't carry firearms. But I carry like a um, a box cutter on me. Okay. But I always keep that on me. And the only thing I have is that in the face of God. And if anything happened from there, I know I'm going to give it my fight to my best of me. But when I walked around, they got out and they start walking towards me. I had my sneakers on, girl. And I had that blade in one hand, stickers and, and stickers on my feet. I made it back to that truck because my goal is just in my head, make it home safe. Mind your business. Don't ask what they're doing. If they talk to you, don't talk back. Just yep. make it home. That's how I make it through a lot of things. Like, um, and even um, one time I was driving the school bus and a man had followed us for miles and he pulled oh, up beside of the school bus full of the girls. It was a soccer team, girl soccer team. And he was masturbating to the truck. I mean, oh, to the bus. Jesus. And it scared the daylights out of me. And I came back to the school and I reported it and they didn't do anything, of course, but of course. just the thought, yeah, just the thought of what if, what if I wasn't minding my business. I wouldn't have been able to witness that. I wouldn't have been able to call it and get the girls calm down. And what if I wasn't, what if I was in a crazy mindset of, okay, you want to do this to us? Well, we're going to do this to you. Like, what if I was in that mindset of, I don't care about making it home. I, I'm going to retaliate. I wouldn't be where I'm at today because I'd be always fighting a losing battle of, you don't know what could happen to you. You don't know who's who. You don't know what 
police officer is going to be that going to be the bad guy. You don't know if that's going to be the good guy. So you don't know what stop is going to be a safe location or that's going to be a bad location. You just stay focused on that one thing is making it home, minding your business and doing what I have to do to get home. And that's it. That's how I, that's how I operate. Even when that, in that, in that truck, it can be very intimidating, but you got to stay strong. That's your mission. Your mission is to make your money, get home. It's a job, period. If you start psyching yourself out, <laughs> like, <laughs> psyching yourself, is somebody going to knock on my door? Is somebody going <laughs> to... It'll drive you crazy and you'll be back home with no money because... yeah. So much stuff happens while you out there. Like now, so and most of the places where you make deliveries, you're dealing with men, correct? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. it's everywhere. Like even when I come and then when I come to some females, I get some that say, Oh, you're beautiful. And that's just like a person check you in, but females are very intimidated. Like, cause like, what? You come here looking <laughs> like this? So it can be a lot. Like I get a lot of attention. I get a lot of conversations with me being a truck driver. But me, like you said, when I walk into a room, you're going to know Clarissa Rankin is here. You're going to yes. know I'm here. It's, that's that's just a force. I mean, you you have this presence. And I've had people say that to me. It's like, you know, you I worked for a woman and she's like, Sherry, you walk into a room and everybody turns to look. And I'm like... No, they don't. She's like, you don't see it. She said, I walk into a room and nobody even knows I'm there. She said, everyone knows that you're in the room when you walk in. And I'm like, yes. She's like, she goes, I can't explain it to you. She said, I don't understand why you don't realize it, but that's what it is. So, you know, it's just interesting that you would say that because to me, it's like I was drawn to your energy, right? <laughs> so that people who are are intimidated, they're they're repelled by that because they either they don't understand it or it frightens them or whatever. And I was like, let me lean in a little closer because I need to watch this a little better because I like what's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> that is crazy. It comes through that everything that you're saying about minding your own business and staying on target and thinking about doing your job and getting home. Very Tunnel important. vision. Well, not tunnel. I mean, yeah, you could call it tunnel vision, but you're, it's very specific, targeted attention on what you're doing. You're not multitasking, right? You're paying attention to what the goal is and yeah. what the steps are that you need to do in order to, to make that happen so that you can get home safe, right? Yep, it, exactly. That's the, that's the only goal that I have is I got to make it home. And even and, if I always- And you do it with flair. <laughs> do it with some sass girl do it with some style do it with some sass and style that's right that's right oh, that's funny are you an independent trucker or do you work for a specific company yeah now i contract i'm a contract freight but i have my own authority um i just got it on hold and i just haul for one one specific company and i haul everything and I just like that. I like that a lot better when I had my own authority. It was kind of tedious because you waiting, you waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. But I like fast pace, fast pace movement, not waiting around if I can keep the keep the money flowing. And like I said, in, in this three years, being a being having my own truck and being contracted to hauling one one solitary company freight, it's been phenomenal. It really has. Now, really do you is. have do you have your the rest of your truck decorated besides just the pink seat cover? Oh yes, I have I have a uh, curtains up. I saw it, I it looked like that on the one side it looked like you had some yep, curtains in there. It's on the other side also cuz I don't want no everyday just black curtains like all these men be having. <laughs> no honey, I got to have mine. My, my truck got to be cute. And then I and in the back in the cab I have where the vents are at. I have pitch a, a whole picture uh, gallery of my family, of uh, me and my husband, me and the kids, the dogs. I got that all on one side, and um, I have curtains in the back covering the whole back of the truck with different light up lights with my pictures on them. And, and I got the fur rug at the feet and the 
pillow, the uh, the accessory decor pillows. Oh, there you go. I was hoping you were going to say you had some decor pillows in there. <laughs> I do. Uh, I got the fur pillows, the match the seat up front. I got about five, no, six pillows in the back. And my kids be getting back there because it's a memory foam mattress. Oh. So they'll get back there and they'll get the, had the lights twinkling and they'll be passed out like little babies back there. <laughs> How do you, I mean, I, so you must, you sleep on the road every night that you're out. Um, yes. No, 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 no. Um, I only do like about two to three nights on the road and the rest of them are local runs and I'd be home. And then sometime lately, since I've been delivering to that one location, I've been coming home every day. So oh, that's great. And I've been, I love it either or sometimes, sometimes I don't mind sleeping in the back of my truck. It's so cozy. I got my flat screen TV, my Netflix <laughs> on a Friday night, honey. I got that, I got that oven, that microwave going, honey. And you can't tell me nothing. I got my cup of coffee in the mornings, my curling iron, my makeup. I, you, I'm in my own little apartment on that road when I'm away from these I was going to say, so sometimes that's a good place for you to go to be away from all of the boy energy you got going on at your house. Yeah, you know it. And, and you know what? And I told my mama this the other day. I said, mama, my truck is my safe haven. Like that's my spot that I can get away. And when I hit the road, sometimes it just takes your mind on ease and I can motivate myself and I can talk, talk myself up and keep myself encouraged and uplifted and think about new things I can teach my boys. And when I get parked, it's like, that's my world. And I said, mama, I ain't even been into it with my husband in the, in the back of my truck. So this is my area. This is my space, my environment, period mine I, i'm just comfortable it's 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 not a man environment it's me it's a woman <laughs> i love said, that my mama said you ain't even been intimate with your husband in the no it's all me it's all my i'm, <laughs> well, I'm a lady so so those boys should think about the, the fact that they are very very blessed to been able to get in the back end of your truck and sleep on your bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, I said no. Uh-uh. And I got a top bunk so if they uh if I take them with me, they got I uh, got a little it's decorating for the little boy and I fold it up, but if they go with me, it's decorated for them too. So it's Oh, perfect. so do you do you take them occasionally on the road with you then? Every I take one of them at a time, every now and then, and I let them ride and but my youngest one he my oldest one don't do good at all my youngest one does great he can ride he's very calm and he's like my husband he can uh he's to himself so as long as he got his computer and his phone he's good but my oldest one no whole opposite nope 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 nope, nope, nope. I ride him with me. I tried it and he slept back there. He didn't want to get up. And then we got up. He wanted to get on my nerves. Oh, nope, nope, nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> I would imagine that that's, you know, an, that's an added piece of you having to think about not only do I have to get myself home, but I got to get my kid home too at the same time. So yep. that could be a distraction from just trying to stay focused on what it is that you're trying to do. Yep, absolutely. It really is. It can be, but we make it, we make it work. And when one of them ride with me, that makes me even more cautious to leave me alone. Like this is my cubs, this is my babies, this is right. my little chicklings. Like you better leave me alone. Back away from this truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't come near me. I'm I'm ten times more like no. So how many hours a day are you on the road? Um, ten to eleven. Well, that's a long time to be in a truck driving. Yeah, it's it really ain't that bad. Like I said, once you get the ride and your mind start to thinking and you praying and you are focused on just getting back home. It, it that time go by so fast, and I have my music going. I, I have a concert. Say. I have a con whole concert in my truck, and don't let it be. If I gotta drive through the night, oh, I I throw on that uh, my slow jam music, honey. <laughs> And I get that music blasting. I be in there every every Beyonce, uh, Kisha, uh, I mean, K Michelle. I be gospel, country. I be in there having a whole concert. <laughs> you can't tell me nothing. I get to where I need to be, and I be jamming. People ride up next to me, saying high five and thumbs up, and and, and honking the horn. I just that's how I make it. I, it's 
you you kind of lose track of the time once you get to driving. Yeah, you really do. You really. So, do. do you know any other female truckers out there on the road? Oh yes, I have. Um, I have started a whole uh, trucking area for women. It's called Trucker Beauties, and I got into that with a friend of mine. And the reason why I got into it is because women don't have no. It's not a lot of us. So, with that being said, we need somebody that that understand we need good shower bags. We need we need somebody to talk to to understand that we need to know the hair tips, the makeup tips, and the tips to what to eat to keep yourself in shape and right. not to gain too much weight. And uh, how how can we make it from being away from our kids? And how, how do you go with thinking about how can you let somebody else take care of your kids and you supposed to be the mother at home? So how right. to break that cycle of being the norm to being abnormal to everyday life people. So um, I know a lot of women truck drivers and I open up my door for any woman that want to get in truck and I open up all social media for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and that kind of gives you guys that sounding board to be able to, you know, talk to each other and support each other when you're having a hard day or whatever it is that you can really get that space where you can talk to somebody and get, get some support if you need it. Yep. 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 And you know what? I was going to tell you this too. I hate to go back to what we was talking about with with the whole pandemic and everything that was going on. But I made a video on TikTok today and it was talking about the, the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was a video of my boys and it just wraps up on even what we talk about now. It was a video of my boys. My youngest son has hyperplastic left heart syndrome. That's also known as half a heart. I explained. I don't know what that is. Um, Well, my youngest son was born with half a heart. And with him being born with half a heart, he had to have four heart surgeries. And I made a video today showing that not only does Black Lives Matter, but my son already can't breathe. Like he already have these complications. So the video was showing my oldest son being his keeper, like watching over him, being his guider and being my brother's keeper. So I put that video together to show like, if mind your business, go to work. As you get older, be your brother's keeper. Y'all look out for each other, teach each other, nurture each other, share knowledge and make sure each other understand what's going on because you have to keep him breathing. You have to keep each other alive. You have to keep each other sane. You have to make sure that your household is running properly or you got to make sure that you're both living and you can make it home. And that's why I always stay so focused on when I'm on the road, doing right by people, to make it home, if I can keep breathing another day. And that's why I always stay focused on teaching my kids the right way of how to think, how to move, how to how to um, not judge, how to treat people, because you got to keep breathing. You Because any little bad move you make could, could kill you. And we want you to keep living. We want you to keep breathing. And I told my husband, I said, we done spent that one heart cost half a million dollars. He got to keep breathing. <laughs> So we need for everybody. We need to mind our business. You need to get your return on investment back. Yeah, I need. Yeah, I need all of that back to become a doctor or something. Because I need you to get all this back. Because if if something was happening to you, I'm gonna be mad at the police or whoever and you. Because you need to mind your business. You need to make it back. We spent a lot of money on you. Shoot, you got to make it back. That's a whole lot of money right there. Your little body is worth half a million dollars, buddy. You need to make it back. <laughs> Shoot, uh uh-uh. uh. And I'm serious. And 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 that's why I, that's how I just live by just and live life to the best. Like um enjoy my job by living it and being who I am, not caring what nobody thinks. Mm-mm. Just be who I am. Yep. Well, the the thing, and I, there was a, a TikTok that you had up. I don't remember where I, I saw it a couple of days ago, a few days ago. And you were talking about, you know, today's not going to be a bad day. They get your yeah. order wrong at the drive-thru. We're not going to get angry over that. <laughs> right. And, <Yep>. you know, <laughs> and, and if, 
somebody says something, we're having a good day. And, and how are you today? You know, just stop them in their tracks and say, hello. And how are you? And it was just so incredible. It was this like, you know, we're going to slow down. We're going to talk to each other, not at each other. Yeah. And we're not going to let all of those little tiny things that really don't matter get us all in. It just seems like there's a lot of anxiety and that creates a lot of anger that's not directed at anywhere. So it can be is what I've noticed. And I, maybe you, cause you're on the road more than I am since it's been quarantine and people are now starting to come out in Washington state where you've got a lot more businesses opening up that people don't remember how to drive. There's a lot oh, of really bad driving happening right now. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. And I don't tolerate bad drivers very well anyway. And it's like worse than ever. <laughs> and you know what? And, and the reason why I made that video is because it's like I understand everything going on, but we don't. We're not gonna say we don't care, but we're not gonna tolerate today being a bad day. Today's a yes. good day. Period. If somebody, if somebody cut you off, uh -huh, uh -huh, today's gonna be a good day. I'm not gonna feed into that. I'm not gonna let that deter my day because if that that's one thing about life is the anxiety of people's energy. If if one person having a bad day, that energy can bounce and come on to you. No, nope, I'm not having it. Like if somebody walk up to you at work and just start talking, hold up, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Where are we going to have a good day today? Because you got to make sure that you coming across, you feeding that energy back out. Like, oh no, we're not having it. Positive vibes only. Traffic's going to go good today. Even if it's going bad. Oh no, it's going good. <laughs> because I don't want to react to anybody today. <laughs> And I've been telling well, myself that I do. Well, be. And it's almost like that speak it to make it be it kind of speaking into right? existence. Yep. Yep. And I do that with everything, even with like so many things I got coming upon me. I speak it, I speak it to existence and I leave it up to God himself. And I just walk away like, oh, I'm, I'm good. It happened. It happened. So, yep. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it was just, and it was the whole, the presentation. I mean, it was just like, you know what? I, I watched that whole thing and I came away from that going, today is going to be a good day. You got me thinking about it being a good day too. So, so tell me, what do you put up on your YouTube channel that's different from what you do on say TikTok or Instagram? Uh, okay. So at the Rankins World, first it was just trucking videos. It was uh, me educating because I am an educator from being in teaching and right. the degree of criminal justice so it was me teaching uh for one it was me educating people that if you had a criminal background this is a a field you can get into for you won't become a reoffender. you put some money in your pocket put right. more money than an average person would make so and then they do take people that, that are ex-cons they do take people that have a uh, a felon or have a criminal background so it was more educating that and then it was uh, more so being a voice for women letting people letting women know that it is so you can be yourself you can be beautiful you can be gorgeous you can be phenomenal out here on this road and then it started to convert to my family showing people i still have a wonderful family my boys are still great. Uh, they're, they're two African-American boys and we're a two-parent household. And um, me and my husband do a lot of conversations as in for our marriage and people love them. People oh. love seeing the marriage together. They love seeing the, um, the, the real life black family of raising these boys to be good and respectful and uh, well-mannered. And we just show that to the world. Like we show that as much as we can and then also we show that it's not all about the money it's about the education it's about just putting the word out there that is you it's things to be learned it's things that you can learn from other people so well that's what we really do and i think that i don't really care what your beliefs are where you live any of that that i think that as a society that a lot of people have lost that sense of family, that sense of taking yes. care of each other, that sense of being a good person, that sense of watching out for your neighbor. I mean, I, I grew up on a street when I was a kid that was my great grandparents' farm. I grew up with aunts and uncles and cousins in the same neighborhood. We were involved with both sides of our family. At this point in time, I lived within maybe, I don't know, 
four miles of my parents. My brothers both live close. My daughter and my granddaughter live close. I mean, that's how we live our life. And people have told me before, you know, that's really she's unusual. Your family's unusual. And I'm like, well, I know we're kind of weird, but and she's like, no, she said the connection that you have and the involvement. I mean, my folks helped me raise my daughter. My folks have helped my brothers with their kids. And I think that that connection, that deep family connection of taking care of each other as a family unit first, and then your community outward from there has been lost. And I think that there are a lot of people, even though we're more connected than ever with technology and all of that, that there are more lonely people now than there have ever been because they just don't have those connections. You are so right. And speaking of that, that's why me and my husband, we eat at the dinner table with our boys. We make them put them phones away. We talk to them. We have family discussions, the families uh, chat. We, um, we We do a lot to have that connection. Like we do a lot of that. We try to make sure that we are outside of social media, communicating and being there for one another. So so you can go out and when you get into the world, you can share that. You can share that because people don't have that connection. And that's why so many people feel like when they come to my social media, like I've been knowing you all my life. I can talk to you about anything. You are such a good person. That's because I build up that connection to be like, come talk to me. I'm teaching myself how to communicate because so many people have lost track of communication because of the world of of technology. And I try my yeah. And I think too, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you, but I think too that, that people haven't, they've come, you know, we learn what's modeled for us. So if we come from a family where people don't communicate, where they don't have open communication, where they aren't open to, you know, looking at other thoughts and ways to do things and what they think is the right way, that they, they, they t- you take that out into the world when you get older and you go out on your own and do all of that. You, th- that's just not there. So I think that the, uh, the art of communication has been lost. It is. And I, I, I think that there are people who can talk and they can talk at you. Yep. <laughs> but I don't think that they're ever, that the art of listening has like just sort of gone by the wayside. Yep. You're absolutely right. And you I mean, ab- and, I, and I struggle with that too. I mean, it's like, I want to share with you what I know, or you've said something that I don't agree with or whatever it is. And then some, you get, you get on that tangent, but it's like, I think that the whole art of communication that people just think of communication as words, I speak words on a paper words, you know, but without it's without the listening piece, I think that is the big, it, there has to be the balance between both of them. And it really yep. is, it's an ongoing thing that you have to practice every single day. Yep. And even on my platforms, I have now, and I'm, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I have different ways of making sure people able to communicate. I do a lot of lives. I talk to them like I'm like, like like I'm talking to you, girl, you know, like I'm not going to treat you no different from the way I talk to my mama. Let me tell you what happened, girl. Like I'm going to make you feel like you're in me. Like I'm going to make you feel like you're right here in front of me. But that's the way people need to communicate. You're with me and I'm not talking at you like, oh, you shouldn't ask that. No be open to communicate. And when I do my lives, I I try to dig into the mind. That's the one, another reason why I got into criminal justice. I like to dig into the mind of opening up people to talk to you, communicate with you, get to know who you are and not feel intimidated by you, not feel pressured to even tell how they feel or like um i have this one guy he he's a he is his fetish is trucking but he loves women truck drivers and he said am i weird i said no you're not weird that's just your fetish and now it's done build up a communication he can come talk to me i counsel him because i didn't make him feel weird i was listening to him i wanted to 
hear him. I wanted him to hear himself and him have somebody he can go to because everybody else thought he was weird. No, you're not weird. You just need to know somebody you can talk to. And I do that a lot on all my social medias. Even um sometimes for the men who are don't like a very strong woman, yeah. a very powerful woman, sometimes I get on camera and I dress in something like a piece of uh, nice piece of lingerie or something and it's covering everything but it's loosening them up to talk to you you wouldn't believe some of the walls i have broken down for people to feel free to ask a question now because they're not talking to a person in a suit they're not talking to a woman that's like oh i'm so educated don't talk to me no let me relax your mind now talk to me i have had some people that say you have helped me through a friendship. This one guy said, um, just by coming in your lives and talking to you, you helped me through um, my divorce and let me know that it's okay. We can still be friends. And so communication is very big. So I try to find everywhere I can communicate with somebody. <laughs> Even if you want to be educated, oh, I can get very educated, get very, and if you want to be ghetto and hood and ratchet, I can start throwing neck and hands. And if you want to be <laughs> Lastly, I can get, I can communicate with you all across the board. What do you need to get done? I want to make sure you okay. <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm so happy that I found you. Um, it was at a, a point in time where I really needed that perspective in my life. And I'm so incredibly grateful and happy that you accepted my in- invitation to join me on the podcast and to learn more about you because girl, there's a, you, there's, you've got a lot going on there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of depth going on there. And I'm so glad that we had the time to talk about it so that people can hear about the depth. Because I think when you see social media, you get a curated or you get a snapshot in time of what someone is or who they are or what they're showing. And this is you, this is, this is the the biggest driver for me to create this podcast is this is you sharing your stories and your life in your own voice, right? And so this is, it's so powerful for women to do that. A lot of times women haven't been asked to do that. And yes, there are places on for people to do it via social media. But I look at this as a very different situation is that, you know, and like I told you when we started, I started out calling them interviews, but they're really not. This is you and I like sitting down to have a cup of tea or to have a drink and have a conversation and we just roll with whatever shows up. And I love that I can just ask questions. And the one thing that you mentioned when I asked you a question about, you know, what was going on and you said, do you really want me to answer that? And I say that a lot to people when they ask me questions like, do you really want me to tell you what I feel or do you just want me to tell you what you want to hear? Exactly. Because I'll give you all the truth I got that's mine, but you may not be ready for it. Exactly. And I always, and that's another way of, since it's such a touchy area, it's another way of making sure you're comfortable. Like, like let's make sure you're comfortable because that's the area that I'm going to give you the real life. I'm going I'm to break it down to you how I really feel. And it, it might not be the same as others, but I do know for sure it's keeping, a, it's keeping me breathing. And that's why I ask, like, are you sure you want me to answer that? Because I'm going to give you how I really feel. I'm going to give you my, my view of it. And my view is not going to be like everybody else's view, but I know for sure I'm going to make you feel comfortable before I unseal my lips. <laughs> well, moment. I appreciate that. And I it was like, and it was just like you said that. And I was like, ooh, she's speaking my language. <laughs> like that's a good old cup of tea. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I know this is your only day off from work this week. And I really, really appreciate you doing this and getting the technology to work so that we could meet up and do this (laughs) because I didn't want to let this time go. And I was rewarded with an incredible conversation, which is what I had really hoped for in the first place. So thank you so much, Clarissa. I'm so glad to have met you. And I can't wait to stay in touch because I just... I, I feel this connection that was uh, something that I, I felt in over social media. And I thought, if this is what I feel doing that, I can only imagine what's going to happen when we actually get to sit down and have a conversation together and see each other in person. So yes. 
again, appreciate your time so much and, Thank you. and your honesty and all of your wisdom is incredible. So Thank I'm, you. I'm thankful that you're here. And, and this was fun. This really was fun. And I really appreciate it. And I'm glad you asked the questions that you did ask because it gives it gives outside race another look from a black a real black woman it, it it's gonna help your podcast and your um, our conversation our girl talk today is gonna really <laughs> help people so i thank you for having me on and i really appreciate it and I, i'm ready to see how it turns out because one little if one person hear it is is more than what we had before it's more than me and you right now <laughs> Well, and that's been my entire thing is that if by sharing my story or sharing these other women's story, I mean, I have 46 episodes of my podcast. So by sharing those stories, if one person picks up one thing out of a conversation that I have with another woman that empowers them or feels like they've changed their life or has enhanced their life, that's my way of serving is to be able to share because I just, I think it's powerful. It's important and that there are so many women's voices that need to be heard. Thank I just, you. I appreciate the fact of being able to have a conversation about hard things, about things that, you know, I, I recognize my my white privilege and understand, <laughs> but I, I mean, I have been somebody from the time I can remember being able to, com and I love words, I love communicate, all of that, but understanding injustice and understanding that are things that are wrong and standing up for it, even when I don't always know everything there is to know, I can't stand to watch that happen or to see someone treat someone as less than, whether they're a woman, whether it's the color of their skin, whether it's their social, you know, whatever that is, that to me is like the most cowardly thing for someone to do to somebody else. Well, like I said, it's, it's some good ones and some bad ones. So you're yeah. one of the good ones. <laughs> one of the well, good thank ones. you. And it, don't, it, it, and it can be the, the good always outweigh the bad. And if as long as people like us and doing what we're doing and talking and and taking a stand to knowing what's right and what's wrong, the world would be a better place. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. Well, and I decided to put the podcast on hold. I had two guests that have been on before and both of them are, are women of color. And I really felt that it was important to get new conversations recorded with them to put their voices out first before I moved forward with anything else. And then I came across you on TikTok and I was like, this is next Friday's podcast. Right here. If we can pull it together, this is next Friday. So you'll be up soon. You'll be up next Friday. And okay. I'm happy to share our conversation because I think this is a great place to transition into you know, a wider audience. Yes. You're awesome. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you.